Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash bonfiresidechat. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Open the seal! Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Brayden Cameron. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat, an appendix, an undead second favorite. And this week we are reading your errata from the uh, um, Painted World episode and your responses to uh, the new Londo and Dark Raid Basin section. Yeah. Didn't I tell you that we'd get a lot of these erratas for this? <laughs> like, there's so much fucking dumb lore conjecture we did. Not dumb. I shouldn't be so self-hating. But, like, most of it was factual, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that that that's fine. Like they weren't calling us to task for our uh for you know, for 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 our flights of fancy. It was just things that we were objectively wrong about. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sticking with us, Brayden. Yes, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to go? <laughs> I, just, I just said thank you. <laughs> I thought you were just being polite. Don't sound like, so insecure. Oh, thanks for sticking around. No, no, no. I just meant because uh, not everybody does it. Yeah. And to people listening, okay. this is like a week later. They don't know that we've just been recording for hours and hours. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. oh man. All right. So who uh, who wants to? Uh, Brayden, do you want to go first and read uh, Michael Caston's comment? Sure. Is it Michael Caston? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that how we're assuming the pronunciation? Michael, I apologize if via, I butchered your name. Via Facebook. Uh, via, <laughs> via Facebook, he said... Is it Facebook or is it book? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Fasha book. <laughs> it's Fakasha book. <laughs> mm, <Yeah>. Delicious. <laughs> uh, possibly interesting lore note, Priscilla's dagger deals occult damage aside from the 500 bleed from Life Hunt, while Life Hunt's scythe only has the bleed. Uh, this is, in my opinion, most likely why God feared her, or the gods feared her, rather, other than uh, being an, ab- an abomination and locked her up in the painted world. Whatever occult power she has come... Uh, f- Did I read that right? Nope. Whatever occult power she has, she has comes from within her and not her weapon, since the dagger came from her tail. Also, this could, uh, this could open the door to the possibility of Havel being on the laundry list of parents. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see interested. how that conclusion happens. Do you guys have oh, any insight into that? Yeah. Just, just that he has the occult weapon and is interested in occult things. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's a stretch. I think it is interesting that I, I've never got this dagger. I did not realize that it had, uh, the, uh, the occult damage modifier. Yeah. As people, well. People go nuts trying to get this because her tail is real hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I assume, I mean, it's possibility because Havel obviously got his tooth from fucking a dragon real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'm going to fuck your teeth out. Boom. <laughs> Nothing stops the rock. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll buy that, that she has an inherent property that is damaging to the gods. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, Cole, do you want to go? Mole? Yes. Mole, Brian, via contact, says, Regarding the comments you made about the blacksmiths huddled around the dark slash divine embers, 
I personally believe that the blacksmiths who get their hands on these particular embers become entranced with them, slowly becoming more and more obsessed with them until they finally just sit in one spot staring at the ember in their hands until they die. Uh, this uh, has some support in the game, mostly in Andre's dialogue when you give him the dark ember. And I will cut this in right now, but I will read it for responses. Mm. Show me that ember of yours. Well, I've never heard of a black ember. Hmm. How about leaving that ember with me? I find it strangely fascinating. This ember really is something special. I'm already under its spell. I sense great potential indeed. That's very interesting. Yeah. I had that happen here to me recently when I went to him to uh, upgrade one, one of my weapons with the uh, very large ember. Um, he took the dark ember first. Is there a similar uh, dialogue or something? I don't remember what he says when you give him the divine ember. I remember it not being quite so sinister. I don't think it was as sinister, but I will look it up very quickly while you talk about these things. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of that, B-Man? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of something that might be crazy here. Uh, <laughs> since time is all timey-wimey um, in Lordran. <laughs> that was the original quote. quote. <laughs> time what is wimey-wimey. <laughs> That's the original quote. Di- time is timey-wimey. Time is all timey-wimey in Lordran. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it possible or completely ridiculous that the reason that all the blacksmiths look like Andre is because they are Andre, but they're future Andres that have fallen under the spell and become petrified. They're, hmm. they're potential other Andres. Right. Yeah, they're potential Andres from other, other worlds. Sure. Wow. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Cause not all the blacksmiths, but these, these two look like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other, all the other, and I mean, other, I guess, uh, Rickert is just a human, but then there's a skeleton and a giant. Well, yeah, but the skeleton looks like Andre. He's he's like way bigger, and he has like uh, like a, I guess it's a skeleton beard. I always kind of looked at them; they yeah. look like uh, like a skeleton Cthulhu. Yeah, else, but <laughs> yeah, his beard had bones in it. How creepy is that guy? <laughs> yeah, they're they're like little finger bones. <laughs> oh man, Let Let me, us... I mean, just just because I can't think of where else to say it, I watched a video um, online mimics. Their teeth are fingers. Look at the pictures of them. Yeah, it's for teeth. Shit. Yeah, they have fing- yeah. human fingers for teeth. What? Yep. That's fucked. Yep. Yeah, it's real creepy. Prehensile teeth is one of, is a scary idea I came up with years ago, hmm. thinking about Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four. Like, if you ever <laughs> turned evil and you just see him smile and then his teeth just come out like fucking Ugh. they could. Ugh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so Andre's dialogue for the for the large divine ember, uh, it isn't much of anything. It's just kind of like, mm. you know, just like I've long dreamed of forging divine weapons. That's really okay. just it. So yeah. this uh, the the um, dark ember definitely seems really horcruxy though. Like he's getting really fascinated with it. So that's not a bad theory though. I will not say that that's a that's terrible. And they do look like they're hunched over it, staring at it. Yeah. So. There's support for the other worlds thing too, because like they're statues when you find them around the around the uh, uh, what's a who's it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like when somebody is cursed, like there there's other things that make you show up as a statue for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Did you did you notice that the basilisk like the the statues are different each time you go there? They're players. Okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. I just thought I was like, holy shit, this is terrifying. Oh, <laughs> these things are moving. 
<laughs> not moving. <laughs> they're, they're not moving. Um, they only move when you're not looking. Yeah. Like all statues. Like everything in the world, really. As, as the most annoying philosopher in the world. <laughs> I would say that I have no Is reason. Is this a moment it. where I have to tell everyone not to blink as well? Don't blink. <laughs> <laughs> Never blink. Just just rig up a mister on your face. Yeah, you, you you would be I know what that's a reference to. You would be correct in it like it makes sense for me and Cole to know Doctor Who references, but we neither of us have watched it. Oh really? Like, I, that's too bad. Yeah, or have you watched Don't it, Cole, and I just it. haven't? No, no, I have not. Yeah. Don't do it tonight, but watch the episode Blink. Uh and if you're not hooked on the show then then you never will be. But Blink is an amazing piece of television. The concept again, behind those things is amazing to me. Like I, I love oh, the idea. God, of those it's so things. good. Yeah, yeah, so good. There's a video game that plays with that. That's really great. Um, mm. Is it like a weird little indie game? But super cool idea. Um, moving on, I will read uh, Vivian's contact via, uh, via Vivian's comment via contact. One of our favorite commenters, and uh, she has to say, "I'm still on vacation, but haven't had time to finish the painting world painted world episode yet." But during the doll speculation part, I was practically yelling at my tablet. What if the corpse with the doll is Ariamas the painter, who, out of guilt or knowing it was the key, held on to Priscilla's doll and may even have been tossed in here to hide the painting's secrets? Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Well, what, what did we speculate before? That it, was, that it was just somebody who found the doll and went hollow? No, I, and- thought, it, I thought it was... It, uh, yeah, somebody found the doll, but I my thought was that maybe Priscilla was kept there before she was put into prison world. Oh, and that's yeah. why her doll was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's possible that's Ariamis the painter. Um, like the only yeah, like, I, or go ahead. I, I support your idea, Gary, because like the the um, what is the the lore on the item itself says it was like held very tightly, right? And yeah, there's something like that. It also the. Um, you know, her like the idea of Ariamas getting a hold of the doll and knowing it's the key or, some, or something like that and holding it to protect it, like that's plausible. But there's there's you know, and and far be it from anyone on this show to ever say that like any lore speculation is you know <laughs> too speculative. But it's also there's just nothing else hold, holding it up. Like we know nothing about Ariamas. Like we have we have the name of the place and we have her saying, "Can you not see why Ariamas created this world?" Right, and that's it. So like, I you know maybe. And maybe we'll learn, like, all the, the rumors about Ariamis or the Painted World being in Dark Souls 2. Like, maybe Ariamis will be a major player huh. in it, and we'll learn more. And that would be really cool, because I love that area. How about this? Didn't we speculate that you go back to the uh, to the Undead Asylum after you leave it? Or, or, or before you leave it? So you come somebody, back? Somebody came up with that idea. We yeah. thought about it. But yeah, there so, are also so, reasons. Also, I mean, you can see both sides of it. Okay, so what if it's an alternate history where you died going into that, but you're actually Ariamis, and that's why you have the doll. The chosen mm. undead is Ariamis. It's <laughs> a real Bill and Ted excellent adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I thought when you first said that, I thought you were going to say, "What in an, if an alternate world that's Priscilla or oh. something like that, or like no. in the, in that area who died there?" Um, I don't know if you're Ariamis. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, I just you said like what 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 would be too what too spe- what was yeah. it, what would be too speculationy for us and that's it. I found the line. Yeah, you found the line. <laughs> um 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't mean to poo-poo that as an idea. It's totally no, possible. No, no, I'm just. And that's a. It's a cool. I mean, not you or Vivian. I don't mean to poo-poo anybody's ideas. Um, totally possible. I just feel like it's a. You know, it's an unsupported strut, at this point. Um, totally mm-hmm. possible, and hopefully we learn a little bit more about Ariamis if indeed we go back there. Right. Which I think we will. Yep. So, uh, Brayton, why don't you tell us uh, what the next comment has to say? Okay, this comes from Brad Carey. Uh, Brad, I apologize if I butchered your name, via Focaccia Book. (laughs) I think it was mentioned that Oscar of Astoria only comes back if you don't kill him the first time. He'll be there no matter what, which I learned when I accidentally jacked him in the face while learning the controls my first playthrough. Yeah, and I, I I don't think I realized that because I have never killed him. But I guess if you kill him, uh, when you first run into him, he still comes back anyway. The first time that I saw uh, my friend playing this, again, this is when it was first coming out, and that guy, Oscar, was laughing. I was like, kill him, dude. That guy is creepy. Just kill him. (laughs) He didn't. He was like, no, no, I shouldn't kill him. I'm like, just do it. You should just do it. (laughs) It He he more or less tells you to kill him because he's like, you know, I'm going to go hollow. You know, so it's not that cruel to kill him. Like. He's going to go nuts and, and start hurting people. So, like, it would make sense to do it. I just never did it because he was a nice guy. Also, this is before you realize that everybody talks that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting yeah. dumb little nugget I found out from speedrunning is that, uh, you know, for a little while the thinking was that you would want to kill him because it was quicker. But his dying animation is so long that it's actually faster just to skip through his dialogue. <laughs> so it's, it's quicker just to tap A rather than to kill him to get the, the SS flask. Yeah. Cool. So Guy, via the contact form, says, Gary always pronounces subsequent as subsequent, whereas it's actually pronounced subsequent, at least in British English, although I'm almost 100% sure it's true in American English, too, anyway. Anyway, uh, sorry if this game has came across as asshole-ish. It's, complete, it's completely isn't meant to. Are we looking for a response, like a rat on our lives? Like, I think this isn't about the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what other corrections do you have for me, guy? Yeah. What, well, uh, he could have. Well, he could have. Gary, Gary constantly refers to being in a band in his early twenties when he should have stayed in college and got <laughs> his liberal arts degree. In fact, you know, I understand that that was, you know, at the time it may have seemed like the correct decision, but in real life, it was. <laughs> I imagine I, I imagine next week he's going to write in to inform you that, that you keep pronouncing stamina stanima. I, I know I do that. Like I <laughs> thank you, Brayton. Thank you, assholes. Um. <laughs> the, the only reason I included that is it felt like a piece of criticism that I would get. And I wanted oh. you to know how it feels. <laughs> it's it, it's funny. I'm not actually that offended. I just think it's funny that this is crossing over into just like things I do. <laughs> Like, what? How creepy is it if we? If I hear short story idea right here, million dollar short story idea. We're doing this podcast. I start getting comments on things that nobody like that aren't on the show, right? Like subtly, like you, you know. And then eventually, it just kind of becomes this thing where every time we do the show, I'm getting comments about correcting everything I've done in my life. Hey. You know, like between episodes, like I left, you know, didn't recycle a can, hey, stuff hey, like that. Hey, hey, Gary, I saw when you made coffee at work that you used the carafe to pour the. Uh, water in you should really use the hose from beside the sinks to fill it yeah yeah exactly so it doesn't have the acid build up yeah 
<laughs> Tuesday, April 13th, 3.30 p.m. You did not wash your hands after urinating. <laughs> in fact, I mean, I don't mean to sound rude, but in fact, it's very important to wash your hands to stop the spread of bacteria. At least be courteous to your coworkers. Okay. Look, look just, like, just like the painted world, nobody knows how subsequent is pronounced. Like, don't conjecture us, man. Like, like nobody knows how stamina or stamina is pronounced. Don't 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 try to pin me down. He put air quotes uh, over that last one. I put air quotes over everything I say, Stamina. and that's how I'm immune. It's my armor. That's, that's, that's my armor. If you looked at me, there'd just be two floating cartoon air quotes around me. That's my Grant Morrison esque metatextual, you know, way to to avoid criticism. I'm not actually offended. I didn't realize I was doing that, and I feel like. The, the stamina, stamina thing is that it's a, uh, you know, I just read it real quick and, and they sound similar to me. I also say when I say I'm going to uh, sit down on a chair, I sometimes say sit down. I don't know why. It's Midwest. Just, uh, Midwest. Yeah, um, I was going to say that's a Midwest thing for sure. Yeah. I feel like subsequent is like I've heard it pronounced that way. Am I wrong? Um, I don't think that you're wrong. There, there's a whole class of words that I have read but never heard spoken aloud. Subsequent, yeah, and and that and that's possibly just one that you just uh, that that's possibly the case. Yeah, it's really possible. I'm not actually offended. I think it's really funny though. <laughs> yeah. um, thank you for including that because that is funny yes. to me. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so, well, why should I care what Gui has to say? Gui. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Gui. It's actually pronounced Gui. He's French. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you for that. If you have any other corrections on my lifestyle, pronunciation, the way I dress, um, anything, please go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. And uh, actually, if you have uh, corrections on this episode, yeah. please do so. And uh, we like those. And for a while, we were they were reducing. Now they're kind of on their way back up. And I think that when we get to the end episodes, that's just going to skyrocket. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I'll read uh, the first of the responses about uh, New Londo and Dark Root. Um, Joni says via contact, uh, the Hydra and the crystal golems at the bottom of the basin are one of the most terrifying sights in all of video games. I tried to confront the Hydra many times, but it was useless until I managed to grab the knight's starting armor. Beating Sif made me really sad as well. Nulano had some really disgusting secrets, and it's scary to think that the Dark Wraiths were probably even more powerful once. Yikes. Yeah. I didn't think of them being more powerful once. It kind of plays into what Brayton was talking about, them being, you know, kind of underwhelming. But maybe this is because they've spent, you know, so many years just kind of like they're all wrinkled. They're all raisin skinned and, you know. <laughs> Prune wraiths, am I right? Yeah. High five. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <laughs> they're all individually wrapped and everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Dark> man. <clears throat> Brayton, what does Chase have to say? Chase via contact. And again, Chase, I apologize if I butchered your name. (laughs) (laughs) New Londo Ruins is a scattered memory for me. But the time I actually went through them, I was taking random stabs at all of the Lord's souls and only delved in a little bit at a time. It was slow and cautious work, but I eventually made it to the Four Kings. These four SOBs were by no means the worst of the bosses. That distinct honor goes to the bed of chaos. But the non-trivial run-up to them always meant I was either going in slightly hurt or down a flask. They, 
They're quick, they're mean, and they have easily the most unsettling backdrop of any boss. By which you mean no. I can't disagree with you. That was just <laughs> me putting that in there. Uh, the basin and I have a very has a the basin and I have a fairly good relationship. It's one of the few parts of the game that I feel like I just got right away. It took a while for me to take out the Hydra in my first playthrough as a pyromancer, but the crystal golems proved a great uh, great for farming at low level, and if you play right, the friendly Hydra will help you out by killing them. Sif was one of the first major bosses I had seen in the game. After I gave up my first time through, a friend of mine was playing it over at his place. I walked into his apartment and was fighting this giant sword-wielding dog. My only response was, what the fuck? (laughs) And sitting down, watching him be brutally murdered by this dog a handful of times. When he finally got sifted down low enough, he started limping. He paused just a moment... uh, Just a moment too long. Sif had finished him off for the last time. (laughs) The way that that last sentence, and I'm not trying to to call it anything, but it made it sound like when you went to your friend's apartment, you were fighting a dog. (laughs) Like I walked into his apartment and was fighting this giant dog. (laughs) Okay. Um, So he was perfecting his Artorias cosplay, and he dressed up as dog as Sif (laughs) and gave him a little doggy sword. Why haven't I Google image search that? (laughs) Um, I want to get a dog so I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be great. Um, yeah, I agree with you about the unsettling backdrop. I like your uh, very affectionate language in the second <laughs> paragraph about yeah. having a good relationship um, yeah. with the basin. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that he says that he uh, like he hesitated when Sif was limping and Sif killed him, killed his buddy. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's. it seems like it would be difficult to, to get killed at that point, but... You know, it is a listening sympathy. I don't think it's all part of like a play or anything. <laughs> yeah. it, but. I can definitely uh, like understand where, where Chase is coming from because there's that moment in Dark Souls. I think we've all had it where all of a sudden we just aren't bad anymore. And we're <laughs> like, oh, I understand how this game works and I don't die every four feet now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good feeling. Again, I wouldn't put it past the designers to, like, put the Sif limping in as a way to, like, put you off guard. I, I feel like Sif is too genuine for that. Yeah? You know? Yeah, Sif has honor. Like, Sif isn't going to do, you know. That's the boss that after you beat it, you don't do the hooray, you do the bow. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, a, you know, Sif, Sif it, like, Sif's a solid bro. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think Sif you would do the pull those kind of tactics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you can, or if you if you follow that unlikely string of events and kept Shiva alive, you do the look towards the sky. Oh yeah, you get the rarest, uh, you know, emote. Yep. In the game. Yeah. Murph Murphy says via Facebook. So I totally did the Hydra after killing the Crystal Butterfly, and even before the Capper Demon. So I did the Basin in two very distinct parts. The second half has challenging fights with the quasi PvP stuff. I find the connection to the DLC fascinating in this area. You've got a lost knight's grave, a mysterious wolf, an amoral cat, and subtle hints of something greater scattered all around, all of which is is paid off in the DLC. New Londo is just okay to me. It doesn't grab me lore-wise like Darkroot, even though both are ruined civilizations. The ghosts are annoying, but not really threatening. I wish Kath was more uh, was more featured, and I wish that the Frampt slash Kath choice was more meaningful. 
Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And it originally was planned to be. Like we talked about the cut stuff with uh, Oscar of Astoria before, or yeah. Astora. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I like New Londo from a lore perspective quite a bit. Before yeah. I played the DLC, I was really disappointed with Darkroot yeah. uh, because of that. Um, but that, I think that's just a different strokes. So much of like what lore strikes you just depends on what you decide to like think about and think through. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just I, I feel like we made a pretty good case for why this is the one of one of the more tragic areas in the game. And, you know, like, I don't want to say like, oh, maybe we change your mind. But like, maybe it's just kind of like, oh, I didn't put those two things together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's part of it is just how you think of it initially. But then some things like Sun's Fortress, like, are just going to be pretty lore bereft yeah. in general, you know. And the weird thing about Darkroot is it is until later, until they release the thing. Like, right. there's just kind of objectively not that much there. I mean, there's, like, hints, I guess, you know, that's true. But until you get the answer to it, it just becomes a lot of unanswered questions, right. you know, put together. Um, yeah. Um, Maddox Delaska, which is an awesome <laughs> name. I think people are just fucking with us at this, at this point. I think that they are rolling some dice to make awesome names. And then well, it's just, via Facebook. So they, they did that when they signed up for a Facebook account. <laughs> um, but that, that's a cool name. Um <clears throat> And uh, here she says, On my first playthrough, I didn't pay attention to New Londo. I was mostly running away and screaming obscenities. But on my second playthrough, I noticed the sheer amount of waterlogged, humanity-deprived corpses near the gates. It's pretty disgusting. There's got to be hundreds of them piled on each other, and they seem completely flat, like gross-ass noodles. Um, I have to say, though, Dark Souls handles ghosts very well. Ghosts have always uh, sort of been a played-out trope in their old form. Floating white bedsheet-like phantoms, but FromSoft nails it from the way they move noiselessly with their grating metal scratching sounds when they strike to the way their cloaks flutter. I hate those fuckers, but I actually like New Lano Ruins a lot. Um, it's one of the saddest areas to me. Humans lived here, thrived here, but the royalty was corrupted to dark. The serfs may not have been corrupted, or they may have, but regardless, they would, they would have soon found themselves trapped between their former kin, now abyssal monstrosities, and a gargantuan wall of crushing water. I always mused upon what was so special about the water. Surely regular water wouldn't stop Kath and his army. And when you drain the city, the wraiths are very much alive, even though you can slay them with your weapons. I like to think that it was some kind of stasis, uh, from some purified water, maybe a potent herbal remedy, like something from Spirited Away's bathhouse. But that's just the conjecture of a Studio Ghibli lover. Also interesting, there are no bonfires in the whole city. Were they removed by agents of Gwyn after the four kings fell to the dark? If this is the case, why did they not remove them from Elysial, or another unholy area like Lost Isleth? Or did the residents of New Londo never use bonfires? It calls their religion into question, because many of the god-worshipping cults in Lordran involve kindling go- bonfires. Hmm. Perhaps Firelink served as New Londo's church. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Or maybe the bonfire was extinguished in the water, like maybe it was down on the ground floor you know yeah the uh the 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 bonfire keeper's soul uh supports that theory a little bit like mm-hmm. that it was there but uh, you know like like i said in the episode if you'll refer back to this awesome thing i said no it just <laughs> it just seems like this is this is like the most forsaken place yeah yeah the water thing like i don't i don't for some reason don't like it being special water just because you know it, it's magical water like I always, I mean, just kind of like this, it's cut off and logistically there's no way to get back up. Right. You know, like these things can't fly. There's no ladders out, mm-hmm. you know, 
And it's it's a little bit more mundane that way, but it also, you know, you're not stretching for magic water. And I'm not, you know, accusing you of stretching in a dismissive way. I'm just saying that, like, uh, you know, that's just not the way I, I run it. So is this Brayton? It is Brayton. Yeah. Okay, this one comes from Tim via contact. I don't I think two questions that, right? about the water. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. Okay, this one comes from Tim via contact. I have two questions about the water and ruins. First, what are your thoughts lore-wise on how the fog gate leading to the Four Kings is able to hold the, back the water? Which looks like it should just flood the abyss, drowning everyone within. Also, do we have any ideas? We. Do we have any ideas what is below the Valley of the Drakes? Who did we flood by opening the gates to the ruins? I don't know if you guys know this, but this is my girlfriend's brother-in-law, Tim. Oh, really? <laughs> Wouldn't it be so weird yeah. if I did know it? <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> like, well, maybe, maybe, you know, I mentioned that he listens to the show. He's a big fan. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, Tim. <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening, buddy. Yeah. Um, I, I think that fall gates can hold back, you know, anything. Plot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, plot gates because they hold, you're solid, and you have to you have to go up to them and actively like dissolve them. You know, I, I would I'll believe that they're not porous because why not? Um, you know, it, but the uh, the idea of like who did you flood? Like, I always just kind of thought of that area as like just kind of a canyon, but it's not too far away from Blight Town. Like Blight Town is next to it, and it's kind of the same. Blighttown and the Demon Ruins. I'm trying to think of the geographies. So like when you enter Blighttown, you double, double back to get to the Demon Ruins and Lost Isolith, which would be approximately in the middle of the canyon of the Valley of the Drakes, right? Um, so like I, I checked out the 3D map and it's kind of confusing, but uh, I think that it drops it it, it it drains between the catacombs and the uh, and uh, Lost Isolith. Okay. I yeah. think it's it's probably at the bottom of that canyon is really just all of the drakes that forgot how to fly when you like <laughs> knock them over the cliff, <laughs> and then you're just kind of you're doing a second new a new new Londo down there where you're just sealing <laughs> them in with a whole bunch yeah. of water. Yeah, so so like the drakes have their own prophecy, and would eventually when they would venture down there, they're just like, holy shit! Like <laughs> somebody somebody sealed this canyon away. And it was you. There's a German. There's a German Drake that's wearing red <laughs> robes, talking about how you were all sealed down there because you were evil. Yeah. And then there are a bunch of like crag spiders below them who have their own prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just this prophecy sluice. Until like, until this water having been like filtered through so many different dead animals, it just becomes the most disgusting corpse coffee that you can even imagine. <laughs> Like just you know gets dropped onto a single solitary you know sunlight maggot, <laughs> drinks it up and goes that's good eating and then they play some ragtime music and <laughs> and that's the end of Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> and that is when the world falls. Down. He pulls pulls yeah. out a little cane and just sidesteps yeah, off. Yeah. The stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we have some extra. Uh, responses about the painted world because we kind of dropped the ball and got the the word out about that a little bit late yes so these are about the uh, painted world yeah so andrew via the contact form says for those who don't know the trick to the harpies is to fight them up as up close as possible and then they can't do their grab and peck the fuck out of your skull attack 
Uh, if you see them, start the grab animation, run right up next to them. I got pretty good at fighting them eventually because they dropped the souvenir of, repri- of reprisal, uh, which is what you get for beating someone in PvP as the Dark Moon Blade. Uh, since I am terrible at PvP, but I still wanted the Dark Moon Blade miracles uh, to get the Platinum Trophy, this was my only option. Uh, then we're left with the deeper question of why exactly the Harpies have these. Is there some connection between the Harpies and Gwendolyn? Though, since they are a blood-drained, shrunken ear, maybe they just have them because they peck people's faces. Uh, they just happen uh, to also grab themselves an ear or two. So, I have some thoughts about this, and that just has to do with why like the Dark Moon was supposed to initially be Velka. These are servants of Velka who were just out there gathering these themselves, and they ascended to a higher plane and turned into Snuggly themselves. Yeah. I'll buy it. Interesting. If, if, if they're just if they're just incidental ears, then you're kind of fooling Gwendolyn when you turn <laughs> them in. Like, oh, here I got these ears, and it's like, did dost thou get them from sinners? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not just regular ears. And then and then you know, okay, here's some miracles. Here's your 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 trophy. Incidental ears is my favorite mountain goat CP. <laughs> uh, well, who's to say that those crow people aren't sinners as well? True. Ooh, yeah, that's mm. true. Maybe you're killing them and taking their their ears that they used to have <laughs> that they keep in a uh, pouch around their neck. Yeah, and they <laughs> so they can hear you. Ear necklaces. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Daryl in Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, they can hear in all directions. <laughs> oh um, man, gross. Um, uh, Dan via contact says, I love dark souls, but even with as well crafted as the game is, the developers should have be slapped upside the head forever, including something as abstract, overly complicated and confusing as snuggly the crow. Your comments are spot on when you said that if you aren't referring to a wiki for snuggly, then God help you. As I can't imagine how anybody would have ever deciphered the backwards ass process requiring you to trade items with this weird mutated crow child thing. As much as I adore Dark Souls and its mystery, it's the ridiculously abstract systems like this, and the multiplayer, which I didn't use at all for my entire first playthrough, Ornstein and Smoke took me days to be to my own, that I'm hoping they will reconsider anything like this, like Snuggly, when they're developing Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Agreed. Have you played Demon Souls? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> it is a uh, world tendency, my friend. Sparkly the Crow. Like, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty rough. Yeah, they have a history. And, and this, the developers have right out, you know, gone right out and said it. Like, you know, I think that this is the stuff they want to make more accessible. Yeah. And I don't think anybody, I mean, there are there defenders who are just like, no, Snuggly should be like this. No, it should be that hard to learn how to ascend soul weapons, you know. Yeah. And figure out which ones to do. I don't know if uh, if there are really defenders. I think this is a real common opinion, and I think it's a correct one. People People mistake, like, liking something for saying, okay, guys. Like- yeah. Yeah. At some point you kind of take a perverse joy yeah. in, in, in the, just, you know, the, uh, ridiculous obtuseness. But, um, I think it'll be fine to explain that stuff while still having all the lore stuff and incidental storytelling being super secret. Right. Yep. And you want to close us out, Brayton? Sure. Uh, this one comes from Leonard via contact. Sorry, Leonard, if I have mispronounced your name, of course. Regarding the return to the undead asylum, oh my, they can't possibly mean for me to do this jump. They can't possibly mean for me to climb this part up. They can't possibly mean for me to find this item vendor. The return is, in my opinion, FromSoft's version of an inside joke. 
In the Elder Scrolls Oblivion, it's possible to reach weird spots due to continuous jumping or weird glitches in the geometry, but Dark Souls doesn't do that. I can't think of an area in the game where you can reach without the developers intending you to get there. It's interesting that you find the Dark Ember in the painted world, since lore-wise, it's very likely that Velka's servants would have used the Dark Ember as the goddess of sin. Is considered... Uh, I'm sorry, the goddess of sin is considered to have a great range of influence, even as gods are concerned. I wonder if it's common conduct of the pardoners to deliver you from sins in exchange for souls. At least with uh, within the DS universe, this doesn't seem as harsh as the Dark Moon Blades approach on indulgence. Also, how about a shout out to ENB, who's becoming a father this week. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Epic Nambro, uh, famed uh, Dark Souls YouTuber. Yeah. Who does who well, does congratulations, good work. Epic Name Bro. I enjoy yeah. your videos. I do too. I didn't realize you were becoming a father because he's doing the uh he's doing this real kind of crazy scientific testing of things and he like proclaimed what the best dexterity weapon is in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh he's doing the testing for the uh the best strength weapon in the game, and that's probably where uh, Leonard saw this. Um yeah. I haven't been watching that because a lot of them are like him grinding, like I need to get a bunch of chunks. <laughs> and uh, I don't, you know, didn't really want to watch that. But I've watched all of his lore videos, and I've watched one of his uh, his playthroughs yeah. of of the game. So yeah, congrats. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense. The like, I like that idea. You know, the the uh, uh, connection of of the uh, the dark umbra, the painted world thing that he brings up. Like that all makes sense to me. You know. Mm-hmm. So thank you, everybody, for participating. We had a record turnout this week, I think, um, in terms of the number of responses and uh, also the quality. Really good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And uh, again, if you have anything to say about our next area, which there's still plenty of time, if you want to talk about the Duke's archives, Crystal Caves, want to complain about Invisible Bridges, you want to complain about that fucking trying to find the Avalon, um, which is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you want to you want to complain about things that I mispronounced, I'm fine with that as well. <laughs> 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 um, the, uh, then, then please uh, go to www.duckfeed.tv forward slash contact and yeah. uh, we'd love to read your comments on the air uh, so there's the usual admin stuff uh, you know iTunes, Facebook uh, our Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash bonfireside chat uh, the tip jar slash Amazon link all of that is really good stuff um, again uh, next week as you're listening to this uh, you know we're going to have a big announcement coming out on Watch Out for Fireballs which is, is another show that Gary and I do um, so keep your ears peeled keep your souvenirs of reprisal in your sack for that yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, other than that um, stay tuned for some deleted scene stuff and uh, in addition please praise the sun praise the sun Praise the sun. Thank you, Brayden. <laughs> Thank you for cooperating with our self-shame about our catchphrase. <laughs> well, I do what I can. Uh, I want to start by apologizing. There is a thunderstorm outside, so if you hear some thunder, it's not me farting. Okay. <laughs> Make sure to let us know. Each when, time. When it's one or the other. Okay. I just want you to know that wasn't me farting. T-storm, T-storm, T-storm. <laughs> okay. Uh, if it's a fart, you need to whistle like this. <whistles> Poorly, I mean. And then if it's a thunder, you know, clap, then whistle correctly. I try to make it a point to, um, whenever I'm about to fart, to do my best Andrew Bird impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> 
So does Andrew Bird. So yeah. <laughs> whatever when I'm about to fart, he does his best Andrew Bird impersonation. <laughs> when Andrew Bird is about to fart, he does his best Andrew Bird impersonation. I think that whenever you when it's a fart, you should just wink. Oh, and just do it loud enough to pick up into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it sounds roughly like uh, peeling an orange loudly. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'll turn up the volume of of the radio over here, so yeah, you that's... can't smell. <laughs> oh. oh man, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll be able to keep up with you guys. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, I've got my work cut out we for me. We practice chemistry. The, but the, so 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 do we. Cool. Yeah, this is this is true. <laughs> Although our chemistry is more stilted. Because of me, <laughs> we're like a, we're like an Orion's belt with me at the middle, <laughs> and you and you and Braden at either side. Oh man, a constellation, a wicked constellation. Mm-hmm. Let's hey, do you guys want to let's form a band? The wicked constellation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right now, Gary Cole and Braden, uh, wicked constellation. When Lynn and I were in Los Angeles, uh, she and I decided to form a band called the Bee Mouths, and the Bee Mouths. <laughs> are uh, a band that is uh, as ostensibly the B-52s covering uh, Smash Mouth songs. <laughs> so don't so. delay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've been walking on the sun. <laughs> because fashion is passion. Puts you away. Man, what the hell happened? Hey, now yeah. you're an all-star. Um. <laughs> I was going a little like, like give me that all time base. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a thin a line big between like face in your face. You know, Fred Snyder and like a guy with a straw hat and a seersucker suit. <laughs> like, they're, they're basically the same. Yeah, they're very similar. None of us can do any of the B fifty two lady impersonations. Oh yeah. Well, no, because they actually can sing. Yeah, they yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. And that's all Fred Snyder and his delivery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, love, I, I think my favorite, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. You go ahead. I, that's I was just going to say, I think my like favorite moment in B-52's history is in the song, There's a Moon in the Sky. It's called The Moon, where it seems like Fred Snyder forgets that there are other planets than Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else names other planets. He's just like Saturn. <laughs> Five Saturn! times. <laughs> There's Saturn. <laughs> I've got a theory about about uh, the B-52s and and, and Love Shack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to do with them. I don't think they intended for it. But uh, there, there, there's a certain pantheon of canonical karaoke songs that mm-hmm. you can count on people doing when you go. Mm-hmm. So there's friends sure. in low places, but there's always like a group of girls who get up and then do Love Shack, and they yeah. and they do uh, they they do Lady Marmalade, and Killing sure. Me Softly. Yeah, but that's always like the like the lonely quiet girl, like who's with mm. a small group of her uh, community theater friends. They call Cole falls in love with every time. Not really. <laughs> no, I was because I was in that group of community theater friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure I told you, but I don't know if I said it on on extra sewed material or whatever. Did I ever tell you my Love Shack karaoke story? Um, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I would like to hear it. It's not it's not that profound, but the uh, the bar next to the our old practice space, they were doing uh, super shitty karaoke, and there were two girls singing "Groove Is in the Heart," 
And uh, there's this old man dancing like three feet away from them off rhythm. You know, just kind of creepy David Lynch, like lurching. <laughs> and then during breaks, like they were like, you know, grooves in the heart. And then uh, during like the, when they stopped singing, the old man would go like, love shack, baby. To himself. Miraculous. What what bar was that? Is that the bar that had the turtle races? Uh, no. I, <laughs> yeah, we, we I used to come from the Midwest. Don't don't expose me, Brayton. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that I KJ's is that the name of it or no uh, Sully Sullivan's. Oh, it was Sullivan's. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I only ever used that as a liquor store. I never actually bought beer <laughs> would, over a bar. I was buying liquor from it, like the, the yeah. uh, and just happened. They just happened to have karaoke going on. <laughs> And a, that minor miracle happened. <laughs> Karaoke during a turtle race. <laughs> well, turtle awesome, races man. were across the street at like whatever that band. Uh, I, I can't think of the name of that bar. It probably was KJ's. But, it just it's, it's that's down the street. Yeah, KJ's Tavern. Who knows? Turtle Oki is a good yeah. time, man. If you guys if that hasn't made it to Ohio yet, <laughs> Turtle <Yeah. laughs> Oki. But like everybody thinks they're clever because they name their turtle soup. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. we got soup neck and neck with soup at the at the finish line. It's going to be a <laughs> well, photo finish. Honestly, there aren't that many good names for, like, turtles. It's like that or, like, Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Austin the Fortune had a, Green Ninja Turtles. Austin had a turtle named Boxy, I think. <laughs> I kind of like that. I like he that. He named when he was a little kid. Well, I knew too. a box turtle. That makes sense. It was yeah. a box turtle, but it was, his name was Boxy. Citizen Snaps. Mm-hmm. Citizen Snaps is good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Sheldon. What, what, what was the, what was the turtle in uh, Rockus Modern Life? Filbert. It was oh, Sheldon. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sheldon. no, no it wasn't Filbert. Sheldon. It was Sheldon. Yeah. You were Filbert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Filbert. Yep, Sheldon. Uh, I love the <laughs> memories of Sheldon and him washing his hands at the comic shop. What? Um, yeah. Then what, the page. You wash your hands. <laughs> you get a disease from handling turtles. I can't uh, remember the name yeah. of it. You, like, you get. Uh, don't you get like it's E. coli, right? Yeah, something like that. They're filthy animals. Yeah. I yeah. think what happens is that your gums just become super exposed. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's how they re- recreate. They kidnap you from the, the, the subway, and then slowly your like the, your gums that aren't uh, useful to you anymore just slowly sloughs off until you have big, disgusting turtle teeth. Oh. And then you wish other people turtle Christmases. <laughs> yep, See, I, exactly. thought that, I thought that it was uh, like a, pr- a proceeding gum line where you, it eventually all became gums. Ugh. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's gross too. <laughs> Any, like I think I, Ninja Turtle gums, gums are, aren't necessarily bigger or wider; they're just hardier. Oh, it's leathery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I forgot too because I went to that camp. Um, oh, <laughs> thank you. Leather gums. Uh, oh, brain camp, yeah, of course. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of weird though because turtles don't have gums. So, like when the Ninja Turtles were created. You know, they were originally turtles and then turned into these things and their teeth just, you know, <laughs> came out like imagine it being very painful. Mm, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the mutagen was still working on them. You know, the ooze was still transforming them more and more into humans. So when we got to very turtle Christmas, they had grown <laughs> gums. Yeah. And a couple more, they're just going to be like, like sad looking fat bald men. Yeah. <laughs> they just. I'm just I'm just picturing Ninja Turtles as directed by David Cronenberg. Yeah, disgusting. That's well, that's that. Wish Me a Turtle Turtle Christmas. Like, 
It, it already exists. Just YouTube it. Like, it's real. Cole, it's real. don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I think that he's trying to trick you, Cole. I think I think it's worth watching if you get the right group. That was some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Like I think I think you get uh, get the. Uh, I don't know if that says more about my life or I wish you a turtle Christmas, but that was a whole lot of fun. You said the same thing about the Transformers movie. I didn't say it was some of the most fun I said had in my life. Oh I said, get no, like together. like get some friends together. Yeah, and okay. it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Did you why you yeah, said that like you watched it and I was wrong? No, no, I didn't. I just. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, of, of this class of things that is only better with other people. Mm. Hmm. Like bicycle safety camp. <laughs> yeah. Bicycle safety camp is great. But like, if you just watch it alone, can you imagine who's watching bicycle safety camp alone? Like, is that a thing? What is that bicycle? Oh man. Um, <laughs> cool. I'm driving to Cincinnati tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, know, you guys I are will so see close. you in about six hours <laughs> because I, because I can't watch it alone. It's a it's a educational video about bicycle safety that's real miraculous. Um, one of my friends' girlfriends gave it to me, mailed it to me, and, and it, it spread its seed. Um, cool. It's real good. It's yeah, and ironically, Marty, yeah, Marty and I watched it when we were like fourteen because his mom got it from the village. <laughs> from yeah, from like that, like like it was Triomedic or something. Triomedic, yeah, like produced it. Yeah, yeah the same people who made Robotussin. Hmm. like produced this thing. But I can't believe I, – I don't know. I'm sure you told me that before, but I didn't realize that you watched that at the appropriate age. Yeah, and it was still ridiculous. <laughs> it has the longest song that's like ever been – like I'm still watching it. Like I just had this VHS <laughs> running since like 2006. Um, yeah. Like that like that end one that doom, doom. And like the drum fills, clearly, like the drums were recorded after, like everything was recorded after the vocals. So like, there's no sense of rhythm or repetition. Like the drum fills just come in, in the weirdest possible spots. <laughs> just look both ways. Just look both ways. Just look both ways. Should I look both ways? You should look both ways. Is this like <laughs> You're giving it more credit than it deserves. <laughs> this is where uh, Spiders and Mahona comes from, which I'm sure I've mentioned to you before, Cole. Oh, it's Spiders. Yeah, it's been on the show a few times. Yeah, I, 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 I try to sneak a hone up in there a few, every once in a while. See, this is, this is like blue car syndrome, where like once now that I know this, when I go back and listen to the pitch, I'll hear it. I, I'm pretty well, sure no, I sneak no. in to watch out for fireballs too. Do right? you really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have not I've, been okay. So it's more like a giver situation where I haven't seen color yet, but now I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there, I think it was actually in the last. I think it was actually in the last extra or the last annex for uh, bonfire. I think you yeah. snuck it in, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or maybe just the last episode. But yeah, it's in there. Yeah, I, I do a whole lot of that. Um, there's a lot of ways I'm subtly slipping in jokes past you, Cole. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's so funny to me, but well, sometimes I don't want to stop and explain it. Oh, I just yeah. know that Brayton listens to it, so I'll be like, I'm going to say hone up, and Brayton's going to appreciate it. And, and like, for, on, on the same token, it's just going to like, oh, yeah, that's a funny thing. I don't pause and say like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Let's pump the brakes here. What? <laughs> yeah, because like it doesn't. It, because Who or what is a hone up? It, because it doesn't bear explanation. It's, I'm, 
Yeah, and, and the explanation does. is pretty unsatisfying. Like, <laughs> and it's a funny thing. Or, but well, there's this clown <laughs> in this video. And he says, how many fingers am I holding up? But it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. is it? How many fingers am I holding up? It sounds like he says, oh, yeah. I got spiders in my hone up. How <laughs> <laughs> many fingers in my hone up? But he it's... sounds it like he says it real like goofy clowny. So it's like, I got spiders in my hone up. I got spiders in my hone up. Uh oh, look what's up ahead. Look at me. Hey, how many fingers in my hone up? They're looking straight ahead. How many fingers in my hone up, huh? Hey, how many fingers in my hone up? What concentration. Yeah! And he just jumps out in front of a bike and waves his hands and starts screaming this the way you might if you end up having spiders infesting your hone up. Yeah, I think I think Marty and I were just hard of hearing because he also had this Marty and I have been uh, friends just a fillion Cole. He's like a, an old friend of mine from like third grade. Um, but he used to have one of the like, uh, boy, what were they even called? They were the G.I. Joe's that had the giant backpacks that you could press a button and then like it had a voice. He had uh, the Cobra Commander, and it used to say Viper's Attack. But we, for the longest time, thought it said Fight With Your Dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's undermining authority. (laughs) What a perfect way for Cobra Commander to get us to fight with our dads. It's children. He's raising a little army of Cobralings. (laughs) That's awesome. God, I wish that were true so bad. Fight with your dad. <laughs> well, that's good. I just recently learned, like, uh, we're all familiar, or at least I know Cole and I are familiar with that Simpsons with the Malibu Stacy. Um, mm-hmm. sure. I was uh, listening to a thing about um, something about, and they were talking about Barbie doll history. And I didn't realize that was real. Like, you know, the scene where, like, you know, there's something wrong with all my Malibu Stacy. Spider says, sense tingling. That's that's based on a real thing. This yeah. like feminist group like kidnapped all those Barbies and made them say like you know annihilation achieved. <laughs> that's awesome. Like I want that's one of the those Barbies where you pull the string and it says like my enemies are weak. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't my, realize it's real. I want my Barbie to tell me what's best in life. <laughs> exactly. Or to fight with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> fight with your dad. Uh, oh, did this... you, Brayden? Were you ever around when uh, me and Derek had that? Uh, Wolverine X Men movie branded WWF uh, wrestling buddy. Boy, um, no, uh, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> we bought this like wrestling buddy. Does everybody know what a wrestling buddy is? It is more a than you body, can even imagine. It is a body pillow of a wrestler, but it is a roughly the size of like an eight year old. Yeah, dude. yeah, essentially that. And way, just, yeah, way yeah. smaller. Yeah, they're not quite an eight-year-old. Maybe I, I'm, I've got that thing where I don't understand how what ages correspond to what sizes. Right, it's like more maybe like, a one-year-old. Yeah, it's a toddler. But this one looked like Wolverine from the X Men movies, and it had you you could beat it up, and it ha- it complained about being beat up, in this way that it was just kind of putting in random adjectives and words and stuff, and they'd all been recorded separately and were just strung together. You'd be wrestling with it, and it'd be like, Ah, kid, you're breaking my mutant arm. You're breaking mutant arm, arm, my mutant leg. <laughs> was the adjective always mutant? Yeah. Like, you always differentiated. Like, mutant was one of And sometimes you'd say adamantium. He's like, ah, oh, my adamantium leg. But sometimes you would say, like, most of the time it was mutant. Like, you're breaking my mutant arm. <laughs> it's so good. 
<laughs> he care? The he police are coming. I didn't pay my mutant bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish I still had that thing. Or at least the voice box from it. If I just had this like plastic box, I could just shake and it'd be like, my mutant arm. You, you could put it into anything. Yeah, exactly. You could do some taxidermy. Yeah, like, just put, put it into a loved one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Who's this gooper in the green T-shirt? It's a fucking nerd. Who? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm watching Bicycle Safety Camp. Uh, oh. <laughs> Gosh, wait, wait. Hold on, he's got a real nerd name. Uh, it's like Mor- Eugene, it's something like, Mor- like that. Mortimer or something. Hey, the, oh. the real, the real good, the name to watch on that is Rebop. <laughs> oh, he's on his carry. He's he's carrying the uh, he's carrying the boombox when he gets out of the yeah. bus. Also, Cole, his name is Rebop. <laughs> like it's <laughs> to bop and to bop again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of shame is that I'm fairly certain I had the same T-shirt that Rebop has when I was that age. So. You were Rebop, weren't you? <laughs> I was. <laughs> Sam Sprocket, no. <laughs> the, the first song he sings is real good, too, because he doesn't break into song for a while. But when he does, it's not like a hip-hop educational song. It's like, check out your bicycle. Like, it's this, like... You know, yeah, that song's like, the only good song in the whole video. <laughs> yeah, I know. You buy the whole original soundtrack just for that. <laughs> yeah. It's like You Could Be Mine from Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I need to dip back into that because that'll be... Uh, it's, it, get, get some buddies over. Okay. Have some beers. <laughs> it is a fun, good, fun time. It's ludicrous Watch and that. the... That ending song is really boring. Like, I'm I'm not kidding. You should probably fast forward yeah. about three minutes when you get to it. But marvel at yeah. its incompetency for, like, 60 seconds at least. Yeah. And if you haven't watched it, watch Dragon Strike. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what the Dungeon Mystery is from, if you if you never put that together. No. But I've... Dragon Strike is well worth your time. Huh. There's this whole world of bad videos that I'm just not I'm not privy to. It's Dragon. just these three. Like, <laughs> like this isn't our thing. <laughs> okay. Like the, it these was are the for th- a brief period of time. Our thing. Yeah. But only, only enough to acquire three, three videos. Like the the three cornerstone of cornerstones of me and Brayden's friendship. Right. See, to understand me and Brayden's relationship, all you need to know is Dragon Strike, Bicycle Safety Camp, and we wish you a turtle Christmas. Ah, uh, okay. And I forgot the, about the turtles. Uh, Again, because of the watched. camp. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Boobs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, now, wasn't there another video that we watched at your house and it was like a bunch of puppets? Oh, yeah. That alcoholism uh, maybe. video? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like the, there's this puppet, alcoholic puppet <laughs> video that like had all these puppets like pouring booze into each other's throats to like study the effects. It was like in a laboratory. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's an adult swim pilot. Don't try and backdoor that shit here. <laughs> it more or less is like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, almost in, in, you know, inseparable from one. <laughs> but but I can't, I forgot about that. I haven't thought about that a long time. Are you sure this wasn't an episode of syphilis and Ollie? Yeah. 100%. Okay. okay. Yeah. There no, no, uh, this, 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 they were like good. I think that was Triomedic too. Like, I don't know, like some some Triomedic like factory closed down near a Goodwill I was at, and it just influenced my life in this big bad way. <laughs> uh, they shut down the Triomedic factory to build the horse slaughter plant. 
Yeah, so that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they had a way to sedate the horses, make them think yeah, they were dead. Yeah, yeah just, or just <laughs> give them a bunch of uh, NyQuil. Yeah. Robitussin PM. Are you hydrated, Gary? Yeah. Have you done your stretches? Water and, and more water. I don't, I don't like, I don't uh, exercise. <laughs> okay. so, 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 no, I didn't. I didn't do either stretch nor... Uh, <laughs> you you yeah. didn't do your stretches. Okay. Brayden, did you do your stretches? I was actually just doing them. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah no, Gary, it's duckfeed.tv slash stretches. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're very graphic, instructional. <laughs> what's, this, what's with you booing me? <laughs> it's all right. No. Is it? Is there's that one uh, like art of sex book where um, all the draw, you know instead of having the drawings, it's the pictures of the like wooden sculpting dolls like having sex. Have you seen that one? <laughs> so that's like what's on the duckfeed.tv slash stretches. It's just like partner stretches <laughs> with those wooden art dolls with with, uh, with, with drawing mannequins. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, everything kind of looks like the video "Prison Sex" by Tool. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm. man, that's how serial killers are made. I, I only the only uh, sex anything I know is the um, what is it? The Joy of Sex with that like cool bearded dude who's in, <laughs> and does all the illustrations, like a real beards of the future kind of guy. Yeah, it's it's like this you know seventies you know. 70s book and he's got like a cool 70s beard oh, he looks like an astronaut in a stanley kubrick movie <laughs> and then like but then he's just banging around in all kinds of weird positions and shit <laughs> every girl <laughs> wanted a, him every guy wanted to be him yep informative book to my childhood yeah that's why that's why mm-hmm. we're all bearded um yeah, yeah exactly just trying to recapture some of the magic yeah uh, if i can book- share one story from my oh, yeah. pvp Do. experience it was very nice. Uh, well, I got summoned in, and it was someone dressed up as Dusk. And uh, I don't think she noticed me and was running from the sorcerer and just running and running and running. And I ended up just catching up to her just past Elvina and stabbed her in the back and killed her. It was great. So I get summoned back out, and I'm wandering around. And I finally I find a little blood spot. Blood stain. I, you know, I check it out because I almost always watch those. It was my kill. It Yay. was so glorious. <laughs> Yay! Oh, that is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool. I love that she's cosplaying as a, as a, a dusk. Like I've said it before, but like, oh no, she was just you invaded her. Never mind. I was gonna say, like, if you're invade, like you should you should be dressed up as dusk. Like if you're gonna invade, dress up as something. Make it fun. Like yeah, I'll I'll do that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it hasn't already been recommended, uh, House of Leaves, there's a definitely there's a scene in House of Leaves that is exactly like falling into the abyss. Yes. Oh, God, I love that book. It's my favorite. One of my favorites. So good. Yeah. There's no, there, there, there is an audio version of it, but it's not on Audible. I don't know how you would enjoy that as much. Yeah, you, you, you lose some of it. The performance and production values are really high. I have a couple of tracks from it in my iTunes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Man, I need to read through that again. I was thinking about that a lot earlier. We've made a lot of references Cole, to it. Yeah. Cole, have you read Raw Shark Texts? No. Uh, yeah, go do that immediately. Raw Shark <laughs> or, Texts? You know, Raw Shark Texts by Stephen Hall. It's uh, it's really fantastic. It's uh, basically 
to sum up the story, it's about a guy who wakes up without any memories uh, and then soon discovers that an idea shark has been eating his memories. <laughs> when, I, when, when, I, when I look it up in Google, it says people also search for House of Leaves and Only Revolutions. So, Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm looking for a new book. It's really, really cool. And it has one of my favorite villains, uh, Mycroft Ward, in it. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Yeah, I will. I can't, I can't sing a count from one to five without it being that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> it's so it's so weird, just like the way you cut that in. Like, I'll be listening in the car on the way home to work. And then it's like I hear grope, and then it's like, boom, there's my yeah. little jingle. <laughs> <laughs> the the last the Dark Souls episode, I decided to just cut it in wherever the fuck I wanted. <laughs> so it's like just nonsensical. It's just about one of the foods. Like he doesn't like most of them, but he's really into the you know the knife Artorius. <laughs> I can't thank you enough because it's amazing. Like every time I hear that, and sometimes it does get stuck in my head. Yeah, which I'm is really like, funny. Yay! It does for me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. It's weird to be in the grocery store, like looking at cantaloupes and just being like, my name's Josh Groban, and this is my absolute favorite problem. <laughs> I don't even know how I said so, all that melody. I can't write a melody for shit. About the cantaloupe. It was really good. <laughs> and we all pray that we will have far more soon 